Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. weeks ago I spoke on engaging the church through gifts and we talked about how gifts bring unity, the unity of the gifts of the spirit and what they bring to the church. Pastor Charles did a great job last week talking about our gifts and doing gift tests but sometimes when we do these assessments they're pointless because we just don't show up. I didn't expect much response on that. But it's true, right? Like how many of us actually know right now, don't raise your hand, on a Sunday morning where you could plug in and volunteer, but you just don't. Man, he's starting off heavy. But it's a reality. I'm just, I'm basically paraphrasing Pastor Charles. So if you're upset, talk to him. (laughs) By the way, he's on holidays. But this morning, I want to talk to you about the importance of every one of us. Because I want to talk to you about the diversity of the gifts of the Spirit. The diversity of the gifts of the Spirit. Because what you have to realize is every one of us in this room, we may, some of us may have the, some of the same gifts, but a lot of us have all different gifts. And the reason we have all different gifts is that's what makes the body whole. And we talked about unity, but here's the other the thing that we have to realize. Unity without diversity would produce informity. And uniformity tends to produce death. Let me say that for you one more time. Unity without diversity would produce uniformity. And uniformity tends to produce death. If we are all the same and we use all the same gifts, eventually it's going to kill the church. Dr. Vance, he says this. First there is a man, then a movement, then a machine, then a monument. What that means is if we just become a machine and we just do the same thing over and over and over again, eventually it just dies. Eventually it just stops. Life is a balance between unity and diversity. With no diversity, things become, things become unity that become unity then become uniformity. And we're not looking for that. But see... If diversity isn't kept under control, it can destroy unity. So we want diversity, but we need to stay unified. We need to remember what's on the wall outside, what our mission is, that we are a bridge to life with Jesus. So our whole intention is to lead people to Jesus Christ. But the way you do that is a little bit different than the way I would do that. Now, why is that? Because of our giftings. Because of how we naturally operate. How we function. Every one of us has to work together. And this is why Paul, he writes about maturity later on in 1 Corinthians 13. And maturity balances unity and diversity. So next week we're going to talk about maturity. So you have one more week to be immature. That's it. 
So Paul, he uses the human body as his illustration. Paul explains three important facts about diversity in the body of Christ. And so if you have your Bibles with you, whether it's a paper Bible, whether it's an iPad, phone, whatever, open them up and go to 1 Corinthians 12, because that's where we're going to be today. And we're going to walk through 1 Corinthians 12 together. And so I hope every one of you have a Bible. I always say this, you wouldn't go shopping without your wallet. Don't come to church without your Bible. And the nice thing is, you probably have it on your phone, and none of us leave home without that. And so open up your phones, go to 1 Corinthians 12. And here's the first thing, one of the things that Paul points out. The body needs different functions if it is to live, grow, and serve. The body needs different functions if it is to live, grow, and serve. 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 14, it says this. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Now, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not, long, do, do not belong to the body, it would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you this morning as we're able to come and freely worship you and to hear from your word. I ask you to hide me behind the cross. Let my words be your words. Speak through me this morning. I pray for open ears and open hearts, Lord, to be transformed by your word. Lord, you need each and every one of us function in your body. So, Lord, empower us and strengthen us today and challenge us in Jesus' name. Amen. So no one in the room, none of us, if you're watching online or in this room, no one should compare themselves with any other member of the body. I'm not comparing myself to you. Don't compare yourself to me. Don't compare yourself to somebody on the platform. Don't compare yourself to another teacher that's teaching. We don't compare ourselves because we are unique individuals. How weird would it be? Listen to what Paul is saying. If the eye was to say, well, I'm not an ear, I can't hear, so I'm not actually part of the body. But how many of us, whether maybe it's you and you're wrestling with it right now, or you know somebody who just didn't feel a part of the body of Christ at a church and they left. Meanwhile, every one of us is part of the body for a specific reason. See, every one of us is different, but every one of us is important. I could learn to walk on my hands. I used to be able to do it a little bit. I will not illustrate that this morning. Although I'm sure there's something like that would be awesome. If it didn't go well, somebody would have to finish my message. But I used to be able to walk on my hands, and I probably learned to do it again. And I'm willing to bet most of you in this room, you could learn to walk on your hands. But if we are honest, why would we? Why would you learn to walk on your hands when God has given you feet? So when we look at the body of Christ, he has called each and every one of us to function in the body in the way that we are designed. So if you're a hand, you don't have to worry about being a foot. If you're a foot, you don't have to worry about being a hand. But you need to make sure that if you're a foot, you're actually operating the way the foot is supposed to. 
You're supposed to be doing your role. Have you ever tried, any one of you ever tried to smell a flower? Like, we got flowers are going to be coming soon. Praise the Lord, the snow is gone. But have you ever tried to smell a flower with your ear? Not lately. Anybody, so you're going to go for lunch after this. And after lunch, most of us, when you go to eat, some people, you'll walk in the house, you'll be like, mmm, smells good. Chad, actually, the crock pot's on. Hurry up. But I want you to try to walk up to your plate, plug your nose, and see if you can smell it through your ear. See, it immediately sounds silly. And immediately you're like, how long is he going to carry on with this? But what you have to realize is you might be comparing yourself to somebody that has a gift that's different than yours. And because of that, you don't feel like you belong to the body of Christ. Meanwhile, your gifting isn't being used because you don't know what it is. Or, as Pastor Charles said, you know what it is, you're just not using it. Because you don't think you're good enough. You don't think you compare. Every one of us has a gift and every one of us is needed in the body. If all of our giftings were singing, if every one of us in this room was a musician and all we did was play music and sing, what would happen in our church? Some of you who are worshipers would be like, that would be amazing. But where would our hospitality be? Where would our teaching be? Where would be the ones who pray with others? Where would the prayer team be? Where would the intercessors be? And let's be honest, we've all watched musicals. And at some point in the musical, if you're not musical, you go, why are they singing their conversation? That's the question I ask all the time. I don't mind going with Melissa to see a musical at the theaters, which are opening up again. But there's a part of me that's like, they were just asked a question. There is no need to sing. All of our gifts are important, and we need everybody because we need everybody interacting in the way they're designed to. And hear me, when you're serving in the body the way you were designed to, what you're called to, it actually energizes you. If you're sitting here going, well, Chad, I'm just not sure where my walk with God is. I'm not sure if I'm, you know, if God is real. I'm not really hearing his voice. I'm not sure in the last couple of years. I would encourage you to begin to serve God. Well, Chad, I serve God. I pray. I read my devotions. No, no. Serve his body. Start to use the gifts he's given you and begin to see. Man, I don't know how many people that begin to teach kids or begin to serve in youth or begin to serve in different areas of ministry, and all of a sudden they're like, man, my walk with God's exciting because it's not all about us. The second thing that Paul points out is the members promote unity as they discover their dependence on one another. When we begin to understand how much we need each other, Because you can't do it on your own. I can't do it on my own. The idea of leading this church without the staff that I have, without the prayer support that I have, without the board of directors that I have, without the church body that I have, scares me. I can't do this on my own. And you can't do it on your own either. 
1 Corinthians 12, continuing at verse 21, Paul writes, The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. The head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat them with special honor. The parts that are unpresentable, we treat with special modesty, while other presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving great honor to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should be equal, should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. See, diversity in the body is an evidence of the wisdom of Christ, the wisdom of God. He's created that diversity in our body. But each member needs the other member so that no member can afford to become independent. I remember when I first moved here and I dislocated my ankle and broke my leg. It only took a few weeks of being in the cast that when they took it off, my calf muscle was like gone. And my leg muscle in my left leg, it's been years. I've been here eight years. So it's been seven years after, and I still don't have the muscle back. But I'll tell you, my right leg got really strong. When one suffers, the other one actually suffers. As much as it got strong, I got strong because I had to do all the work. Everyone in this room, you know if there's a part of your body that's not functioning correctly, how much the rest of your body has to step in. And it's the same in the body of Christ. Each member needs the other members, and no, no member can afford to become independent. You can't just... Well, I'm just going to do church at home. I'm just going to, you know, I'm not going to go to church. I'm just going to read on my own and I'm going to serve God on my own because it's a personal relationship. Yes, it is. But that's not the way he designed it. Just to be on your own. Well, Chad, Adam and Eve were just by themselves. Actually, Adam was, and God said that it wasn't good for him to be alone. So he created Eve and God walked with them in the garden personally. So there's a whole different level of relationship that was there. And Adam tried to do it on his own. And God, who walked with him, went, you know what? It's not good for him to be alone. We're supposed to do this together. When the part of the body becomes independent, you have a serious problem and would lead to sickness, even death. So what part of the body are you? See, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. You can zoom right in on that for a second, Pearl. Don't get too close. They'll see that it's fake. But the eye cannot say to the hand that it doesn't need it. Because the eye can see something that it wants to get, but it needs a hand to get it. The eye can't say to the foot, I don't need you, because the eye can't move itself to get to where it needs to go. Every part of the body needs everybody to function correctly, to operate correctly. 
They need each other. We need each other. See, if my eyes want to go one way, but my feet want to go the other, I'm in danger. Because you all know that if I keep looking this way and keep walking this way, I'm going to stop now because I know the edge is close. But I'm going to fall. I remember when I was in high school, I took driver's ed. And when we were doing driver's ed, there was three of us in the car with the instructor. And there was a moment where I was sitting in the back seat and there was another student driving. We were just driving down the main street of one of the towns near us. And just as we're driving, they're both looking straight. And all of a sudden, the, dri- the driver's ed instructor just says to the driver, it was a girl, and he just says to her, stop looking at the guys on the sidewalk. And she was immediately, I wasn't looking at them. Yes, you were. How did you know? The car started going towards them. So she didn't even know that when her eyes looked somewhere, her hands followed. We need each other. We need each other to function correctly. See, someone who has the, a gift of the Spirit also needs to have the love for the church. The church is the body of Christ, or it's called the bride of Christ. So all of our gifts are meant to build up God's church, to lift up his bride. If someone calls themselves an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or a teacher or a pastor, if they say they have a gifting but they are not connected to a local church, it concerns me. Because, see, Jesus loves his bride, and so should you. You should love his bride. Now, I say that with this. There is no perfect church. Not any one of us here is perfect. So because none of us are perfect, therefore the church isn't perfect. If you think you found a perfect church and you want to go there, don't go there because the moment you go there, it won't be perfect anymore. See, even though the church is not perfect, and even though I will fully confess if you haven't caught on, that the leader is not perfect. That God still loves his church. And we are called to engage with the church and with each other. We need each other. Diversity leads to disunity with the members compete with one another. If you compete against one another, that's when disunity comes. But diversity leads to unity when the members care for one another when we care for each other. Here's the thing that you have to understand. The devil does not want you serving in the church. The devil doesn't even want you to come here. If he can do anything to keep you away on a Sunday morning, he will. He doesn't want you a part of the body of Christ. Sarah came to me this morning just enduring worship, and she just said to me, she goes, I'm not sure if this is for your message, if it's, I'm not sure if it's just for me or what it is. But this morning, before I left to come here, I just had, I had a headache. I had a headache for a while. But the moment I drove onto the property, the headache began to go away. And while I worshiped this morning, now it's gone. So I asked her, I said, can I just, just a straight up question. Was the headache bad enough for you to stay home? And she said, yes. 
She's like, yep, I could have easily reasoned it. Do you want to know why getting out of the house on a Sunday morning is so hard? Because the devil doesn't want you here. Do you want to know why getting up on a Sunday morning is so challenging? It's not because it's near the end of the weekend. It's because the devil doesn't want you here. Do you want to know why after watching online for two years, it's just easier to stay at home in shorts and with a cup of coffee? Because the devil doesn't want you here. We have to realize that you have an enemy who wants to kill and destroy you. And he knows there is power in being part of a unified body, a part of serving God and using the giftings that he's empowered you with and given to you. If you feel like you're not part of the body, begin serving. Begin serving. Connect yourself not just to God, to the vine, but connect yourself to the body. So how do members care for each other? By each one functioning according to God's will and helping the other members to function, encouraging and strengthening each other. Because here's what Paul says, if one of us suffers, we all suffer. If one of us suffers, it affects other members. If one of, us, one of the members is healthy, guess what? It helps to strengthen others. That's why on Sunday mornings when we're worshiping, we're telling you, hey, begin to speak out good things that God does. Begin to remind yourself of God's goodness. It's not just for you. It's for the people around you. Because we can encourage each other by sharing our stories, by sharing what God is doing. We need to celebrate the small things that God does for us. You need to begin to celebrate the little things so he knows that you'll be faithful in the big. The third thing that Paul writes is this, diversity of members fulfills the will of God in the body. It fulfills the will of God. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 31, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all have gifts of healing, do all speak in tongues, do all interpret? Now eagerly desire the greater gifts, and yet I will show you the most excellent way. See, if God gives the gifts and assigns the offices, he has a perfect plan. Not only for the church as a whole, but also for each local congregation. So what you have to realize is he has a plan for the whole church worldwide. And then he has a plan for Bethel Stratford. We have to realize as we read through scriptures that we actually have no reason to believe that each congregation in the New Testament possessed all of the gifts. The church of Corinth was especially gifted, was especially gifted place. But what we have to realize is God gives each congregation the gifts as they need when they are needed. So if you're sitting here, can I tell you something? You are needed. If you are here at Bethel 
God planted you here. Sorry to tell you, you actually didn't choose to come here. Well, actually, Chad, we looked around at a few different churches and we decided to come here. That was Jesus. Because he needs you here, which means I need you here, which means all of us need you here. You're here for a reason. See, Paul points out that there is a priority list of the gifts that some have more significant than others. But here's the fact that does not contradict the earlier lesson that each gift is important and each individual and believer is important. See, here's what we have to realize. The gifts that he rhymes off are the gifts that you see. Do you know as much as we just talked about the importance of everybody that I can function with one arm but I can't function without a heart? There are so many parts of our body that you can't function without that are not seen. They're actually more important than what you can see. And how many of us were honest, we actually really look after, out, after our outer parts of our body, but we kind of forget about the inner parts that are way more important. Do you know that if you're sitting here now and you're like, well, Chad, my gifting is not to be on the stage. My gifting is not going to be up there, so I'm not important. No, you're probably more important. No disrespect to the people that are on the platform. You are called to be a part of the body of Christ. You are called to go into the world and share the gospel Do you know that I can't take the gospel to your neighbor, but you can. I can't pray for your neighbor, but you can. We can't lead your neighbor in worship, but you can introduce them to worship. Maybe you can lead them in worship. I don't know what your gifts are. We are called to be unified. Every one of us is important. The way it is written in the Greek, as you read through this last paragraph, from the verses 29 and 30, each one of these statements actually demands a no as an answer at the, each, at the end of the questions. So when Paul writes, are all apostles, it actually demands a no. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Can we pray for miracles? Yes. But does that mean every one of us has the gift of miracles? No. Do we all have the gift of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues in a public setting? No. Do all interpret? No. So if you're like, Chad, I'm not, I don't fit in those categories, that's totally fine. I don't believe I'm a prophet or apostle. Okay. What is your gifting? What has he called you to? See, no individual believer possesses all of the spiritual gifts. Each believer has a gift or gifts assigned to him or her by the Lord and are needed at that time, are needed now.
Unity and diversity must be balanced by maturity. And maturity comes with love. It's not enough to have the gift of the Spirit and the gifts from the Spirit. We also have to have the grace of the Spirit, which we're going to talk about next week, as we use our gifts to serve one another. So my question for you this morning, as we look at engaging the church with our gifts, what is your gift? Well, Chad, I'm not really sure. Perfect. I want to give you access to something this morning. I want this week, you can go to our webpage, or you can take a picture of this link. And this is a gift assessment. Oh, Chad, I hate assessments. That's okay. But you can go to our website. Right on the main page, it's going to be a link right there that you click. Yes, you have to give some of your information. Don't worry, you can click, don't send me junk. Now, if you're in this room and you're like, oh, I did a gift assessment last year. Awesome. I did a gift assessment 10 years ago. They've probably changed. So here's what I'm asking, whether you're in the room or you're online. I'm asking for every one of you to fill this out. Chad, are you going to check homework? As much as I can. But here's what I'll let you know. This doesn't send me any information. But as we've shared this morning the importance of you serving in the body of Christ, and as Pastor Charles spoke last week about showing up, we're actually giving you all of the resources for you to find out what God has gifted you with, to give you the opportunity to show up and exercise those gifts because God needs you. And so do we. So Chad, you're just looking for volunteers? No. I want to give you an opportunity to use the gifts that God has given to you to watch you and your relationship with God blossom to a whole new level. Let's pray. Father, I thank you that you've given each and every one of us amazing gifts. And that, Lord, every one of us in this room, you have called for a time like this to serve you, to serve your church, to serve Bethel, to equip others, to lift each other up, to strengthen one another, to do life together. Father, as we engage with you, you will show us our gifting so we can engage with our community, that, Lord, we can engage with our church and therefore engage with others. And so, Lord, give us the desire, the passion, to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for checking out this week's message, Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well.